Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, Buddy C. Today we've got Kurt L. and Craig M. and Lala M. I almost said Lala C. Uh, and Marla H. How's everyone today? Good. Good, thank you. We're going to be talking about ending our conversation on the 38th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Got some good stuff here. Mostly going to be talking about the Wayne Dyer commentary, and we'll touch on the Derek Lynn. And I don't know if there's anything in the Stephen Mitchell. I'll have to take a look at that. If there is, it's usually short. He's got a little. Let's uh, take a moment. Have a little moment of silence. See if we can start listening a little. Okay. Isn't it great sometimes when we can just listen instead of having to listen to ourselves all the time? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> all right. Let's. Let's. Uh, any comments? First of all. Um, I know Craig and Marla were here last week. Uh, we had a abbreviated. Oh, Marla. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked last week about applying love to your situation that where you were trying to uh, get over your uh, when when they fired you and you just, you just had all these bad feelings about it. Yeah. Have you made any progress with that? Well, I, I did. I know in my dreams I made progress in that um, the, the, my coworkers or ex coworkers were being very kind to me and towards me and just, you know, being very generous and sweet in a dream, in dreams, in, in my dreams. So I know there's some progress I'm making. Wow. In some way. Still having a hard time being kind uh, in my thoughts, in my consciousness. But um, I'm, not, I'm not feeling as much anger and, and bitterness as I was. It's dissipating. It's taking time. It does take time. Um, that didn't, did not happen overnight. So the answer is probably not going to be overnight either. No, I, I wish, you know, when we let go, we really, it's gone. But um, for in my case, for me, experientially, it seems to last a long time, but it gets, it dissipates, it gets better until it finally goes away. You know, I want an instant, I want instant everything. Yep. You know? <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. Hey, Kirsty, how are you today, dear? I'm okay, thank you. We're just getting started on the 38th chapter, so we're, okay. we're talking about how when we let go of things, how they um, sometimes take time, and we don't want anything to take time. We want everything instantly. Right. <laughs> so what do we do when these things come back around? We just continue to let go. Yep. We just continue to surrender. Progress. And that's really the practice. Yeah, it is practice. Is learning to surrender in more moments of the day, no matter what we have going on, no matter what it is, that we learn to 
let go, that we're not the director. We can phrase it any way we want to, but it's all saying the same thing. I got to let go of that shit. <laughs> what I'm saying. It's either let go or get dragged. Right. There's nothing else. I don't want to be dragged. Oh, I'm tired of getting dragged. Yeah, I am. And I'm tired of myself. So. Good. We talk about uh, praying for them. Uh, kind thoughts. Kind thoughts. Doing the Buddhist, the Buddhist route, it'd be the kind thoughts. Yeah. Loving kindness. Yeah. So that's good, Marla. Keep us up to date because I know that'll get better. For me, it just seems to lift a little every day that I practice it. So yes, that's I agree. Good. Okay, the thirty-eighth chapter. We're going to skip the four readings. They're very long, and we read them last week, and we started this conversation last week we're going to read the wayne dyer but just as a kind of a little recap before we read it talking a lot about the flower that the uh, sage seeks the fruit and not the flower seeks the essence and not the outward superficiality that's the things we're going to be thinking about today as we read and talk about this. And the ways in our life that we're obsessed with the external rather than looking at what's real. For example, in my ex- well, one big example for me is I'm obsessed with my weight. <laughs> I've always been because I was a fat kid. So I was always, I was picked on as a kid. So weight has always been an issue with me. And I even have a thing, I keep up with my sugar, but I put down my weight every day. And I've even, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. And I've learned lately not to do that, to let go of that. Yeah. So, you know, this body is not me. I'm within, you know, this is just a body that I'm using. I am not this body. I don't know if that speaks to anyone, but it know. does. It's it's so funny when um, uh, you know I was always I always thought I was really fat, and uh, then I've, I've been learning all along when you just like simple phrases like I have an elbow, but I'm uh, I forget how it goes. Um, we I was looking at a thing about being skinny, and you have a lot of skin, so you're skinny, mm-hmm. you know? I have an elbow, but I'm not the elbow. I have fat, but I'm not fat, kind of like that. I've had to redirect my um, my inner voice about my fatness into the kind of thing you're talking about. Like, this is just a body I'm housed in until the next life, you know? Take care of it, and who cares? If I got a little fat on my touch, you know? Yeah, I remember one time I got down to the weight that I thought I should be, which is like 15 pounds less than I am now, 12, 15. And I thought, hmm, I don't feel much different. (laughs) (laughs) That tells me that I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I'm focusing on the flower instead of the fruit. When I get that achievement... And it's hollow. If y'all, I see heads bobbing. Have y'all had those hollow achievements? Like, fuck, I thought I'd feel better than this. What is this? I worked hard for this. 
It didn't make you feel any more confident? No. I just, okay, what's next, you know? And then I realized this is not it. It, it was like an, a financial achievement or uh, some other achievement. You know, you thought, oh, I'm working for this. Well, I don't feel any different. Then I realized that it's an inside job, you know? Yeah. Inside job. So that's a good red flag to know that you're focusing on the flower instead of the fruit. As long as it doesn't turn into an eating disorder. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this keeps it from doing that, you know? Yeah. I suppose it's like, it's, it's really like why we drank, why we used, we, we were looking for something to fill that void, look for something to fill the void that wasn't really there. Um, when everything we actually needed was right around us with all the love and care and attention that we needed right in front of us. It, it, it's all within, Craig. It's all there already. And as long as we're looking outward um, for that, um, for that happiness, that peace and joy, we're not going to find it. Mm-hmm. No, and you're just as lovable with a little fat on your body. Thanks very much. And my wife is so blunt. I said, okay, I'm at 160. She said, I can't tell any difference. She <laughs> <laughs> said, you look the same. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Over the past, um, oh, God, um, three years, um, I've lost um, five stone, and I mean, a lot of it's through medication changes. Um, my husband says <clears throat> that he doesn't think of me any differently. Um, I, would, I, would, I would beg to differ. I would beg to differ with that. I mean, that's his, that's his stuff. Um, but in terms of how I feel about me, um, it's made no difference. Um, I have tried tried everything. I mean, I I think one of my most profound realizations was when I got my second company car, it was the best thing I could get. And I remember actually feeling my heart sink when I got into it for the first time and going almost subconsciously, well, this isn't the answer, is it? I mean, it didn't stop me. (laughs) Um, um, So, so I, I do, I do know, I do know from, from, experience that okay no I, I feel healthier um I feel like I can do you know things that I couldn't do before but in terms of how I feel about me um the self um it has made bugger all difference interesting how much does five stone convert to pounds um is that kilogram? 70. 70 pounds. Seven zero? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Well, that's not really, when you consider how I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's the, the, interesting, the interesting thing for me is, um, I mean, I've had a whole bunch of conversations with, with my girlfriend about this. Um, because she has, she's not, she's not that. But she views, she's in recovery also, but she, she, she has body image issues. So she makes herself, you know, walk around naked to feel more comfortable, you know, in closed doors and stuff, but just to make herself feel more comfortable. Um, and she says it has helped her a lot. Wow. 
And, and so I have, and I told her one day, I said, look, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you guys have the, uh, the corn, the market cornered on body image stuff. Because like Buddy was saying, I, I still have body image stuff and I, I'm not at the weight I want to be. And I mean, she dares me to walk around naked and I won't do it. I won't do it. Um, she's doing it for me, for my health, you know, mental health, but I, I won't do it right now. But she doesn't view me as, as, as overweight or anything, which is, which is mind boggling to me. You know, because that's exactly how I view myself as overweight. Like, I can't get past it. There's no, there's no, and, and I've been heavier and I've been lighter. I just, I don't feel comfortable in the weight I am right now. But, um, and, and of course, it's a relationship. I think I'm relationship fat now. Right. You eat out a lot and eat it's together. It's a whole schedule. I don't work out as much. I'm eating later. All these things, you know. So I've got to, but then I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself becoming a little less happy, a little unhappier because I stopped doing some of the things that was, were really good for me, like sticking to a plan and, and doing intermittent fasting and only eating, you know, up till 7 PM and, and watching the carbs and all this stuff, you know, everything just went off the rails. And so I'm finding myself like trying to find myself again in this whole thing. It's, it's really interesting. Yes. That's, that's what I enjoy about being married for so long. I, I no longer have to make the effort. <laughs> the things, the things kind, of, kind of went wrong. I would really hate to have to make the effort again. Craig, Craig, Craig. Kurt, you do look good. Thanks, man. Yeah, from here, you know, torso up, you look great. <laughs> he has really fat legs. <laughs> Okay, Marla, you want to read for us, dear? I'll share the screen. All right, so the 38th verse, Wayne Dwyer's version. A truly good man is not aware of his goodness and is therefore good. A foolish man tries to be good and is therefore not good. The master does nothing, yet he leaves nothing undone. The ordinary man is always doing things, yet many more are left to be done. The highest virtue is to act without a sense of self. The highest kindness is to give without condition. The highest justice is to see without preference. When the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is morality. When morality is lost, there is ritual. Ritual is the husk of true faith, the beginning of chaos. The great master follows his own nature and not the trappings of life. It is said, he stays with the fruit and not the fluff. He stays with the firm and not the flimsy. He stays with the true and not the false. And so to go on, he... I want to talk about these other commentaries before we read his line, Marla. And I want to discuss this a little, too. In the Stephen Mitchell commentary, he says about the part of the master doing nothing up here. uh, The master does nothing yet leaves nothing undone. Mm -hmm. He has no goal in mind, doesn't think he is doing anything. He's just along for the ride, just along for the ride. What's that called? Synchronicity? 
We've talked about that before. Is it synchronicity? Isn't that it, where everything just falls into place? Yep. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys experienced that? Yeah. In your everyday life? Some yeah. of that? <laughs> I'm experiencing that more and more and more. Lola, you have something to do? No, I was just going to say that um, I found, you know, in the past when I wasn't so strong in my recovery, I used to push a lot. Like, you know, I'd move and I'd force the moving company to get everything done right away. Or I really wanted to see some guy and I'd force a situation. And, you know, I'm realizing that the less I do, things come to me. It's it, Things come to me naturally and in their own pace, whereas before, you know, as an addict, I want things and I want it now, 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 and I'm going to do anything I can to uh, force this into happening. And it never worked out right. It would work to some extent, but not the way it naturally, universally was supposed to work. So this makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. That makes sense to me, too. You know, this is really the way all of the Tao teaching is teaching this, in my thinking, is how to do this. This is the essence of where we're supposed to be. It says, yet leaves nothing undone, no expectations, no regrets, uh, no residue. Mm. When the Tao is lost, you can never lose the Tao, but you can find it. Therefore, the master concerns himself with the depths and not the surface. In the depths, there is no distinction between depths and surface. Fruit in autumn, flowers in spring. He enjoys the flowers as he enjoys the fruit. What was the one we read lately about the fish what, staying in the deep rather than the shallows? They went in the shallows and they, they're more concerned with what's outside of where they are. They're trying to see out and they get caught. Yeah, it was the, the 36 bus. Yeah, yeah. So in the depths, there's no distinction between depths and surface. I mean, if you've ever scuba dove or, or snorkeled, it's so much different, and you don't know what's going on up top when you're, when you're below. You know, it's a different world. Kind of serene. Yes. Hmm. Okay. You want to lead us into the Derek Lynn there, Craig? Yeah, do you want the whole verse? Uh, read his commentary side. The commentaries. Yeah. Um, his translations talk more about um, not people. It's more, more virtues. Yeah. Exactly. Some of the, other, the other translations go on about the, the foolish man does plenty but gets nothing done. Um, I, I think I'll just read all of it. Um, high virtue is not virtuous, therefore it has virtue. Low virtue never loses virtue, therefore it has no virtue. High virtue takes no contrived action and acts without an agenda. Low virtue takes contrived action and acts with agenda. High benevolence takes contrived action and acts without agenda. High righteousness takes contrived action and acts with agenda. High etiquette takes contrived action and upon encountering no response uses arms to pull others. Hold on a minute, Greg. So he goes from the highest virtue, which would be the Tao, Mm-hmm. And when that's missing, you have a lower virtue, which would be a contrived goodness. Mm-hmm. And then when you lose that, you try benevolence. 
lose that, you have righteousness, then you have etiquette. So that's kind of the, the spiral, the road to hell, you know. <laughs> that's the road, you know. And so everyone is a more of a form of division and more of a form of control. So we can see in our different relationships and situations where we're just doing it because we are supposed to do or it's the right thing to do. How many times do you say, well, I need to do that. It's just the right thing to do rather than being in a place of love, let's say, or on a, uh, in a love consciousness where you're just doing what comes natural because that's what's natural for you to do. Big difference. Big difference. Yeah. You want to continue, Craig? Therefore, the Tao is lost and then virtue. Virtue is lost and then benevolence. Benevolence is lost and then righteousness. Righteousness is lost and then etiquette. Those who have etiquette are a thin shell of loyalty and sincerity. And the beginning of chaos, those with foreknowledge are the flowers of the Tao and the beginning of ignorance. Therefore, the great person abides in substance and does not dwell on the thin shell abides in the real and does not dwell on the flower, thus he discards that and take this. I think discard that and take this from what I read in the others is talking about um, discarding, just doing the next right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, not doing the contrived um, substitute. Just get rid of all the superficial stuff and get to it. Yeah. Yeah. The real meat and bones of it. He, he talks about etiquette as politeness. They fall back on protocol and rules to mask their true intentions. And if they fail to elicit from others the response they're looking for, they will use their arms, physical means, to force their views upon others in an aggressive manner. Hmm. How about how many times have we been in relationships or in situations, either business or personal, where we've, like you were talking about, Lala, about using force when people weren't doing what you thought they should do or things weren't, you, we become the director. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We it become is, the director. It, you know, it, it's, I just, as Buddy knows, I mean, I just came through something like that um, with this relation, this relatively new relationship. And there's a lot of stuff that I, that I thought I worked out that, that just bubbled to the surface. And, um, and, and the old, I just look at it where I learned it. I learned it from such a young age to, to control like my parents, they always knew what was best. It should be done this way. And there was a lot of frustration and anger and everything else. If it didn't work out that way, instead of allowing things to, to unfold naturally. And like, they always knew the best way that it should go down. And, and so I I still, that stuff bubbles to the surface, even though I've done a ton of work in recovery. Um, It's not as prevalent where I start moving my mouth and really screw things up, but it's still up here, which causes up in my, my mind where it causes, if I don't get it out and start talking to people, I I can really get messed up. And, um, and it's just amazing how I think that I know what should be done and the outcomes, how, you know, it's all about attachment to outcomes and the way things should be. And, and it's, it's miserable when I'm in that mode. That's what I've noticed. I mean, it's really fresh because I just came out of it. 
but um, there's no like content contentment or happiness. Um, it, it's it's all about navigating people, and 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 it's it's just not a good way to live. I was um, thinking this is just silly, but my sister in law lives in New York City, and getting into a cab with her, she tells the cab drivers how to drive and where to go, <laughs> and. Not only does it piss off the cab drivers, but her and the passengers, me, because I'm so uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. it, just all around trying to control everything, you know, it's just it causes discomfort in, in everyone. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. The, the Daily Reflections for today was about self-honesty. It said the deception of others is nearly always rooted in the deception of ourselves. When we're honest with another person, it confirms that we have been honest with ourselves and with God. Talking about fifth step. But you reminded me of that, Kurt, when you were talking about telling someone, getting that out, you know, putting those thoughts into in telling them to someone, getting them out of your head. Man, there's so much truth in just doing that, mm-hmm. and that there's so much freedom in that. And I think all this is about creating space to allow our higher power to have room to work. Because if we're full of ourselves in a situation and leave no room, I think that's the beauty of meditation. That's the beauty of pause. You know, just just stop. Just if I don't know the right thing to do. I'm not to do what I think to do. I need to just wait. If I can do that and just give it a minute, how about the 10 count or the five count Mm -hmm. when you start getting angry? I mean, that's creating space, the same thing. That's a huge way to move up from rules and chaos and just acting nice to actually maybe walking in love in a situation. And yeah, it's that, it's that, grasping and holding on to what should be it's it it, man it is is hard on me i just i just realized i didn't know how hard it is on me and and i am my i can be my own worst enemy and when i can be like for instance this relationship i don't think i've ever i was married 20 years and i don't think i've ever cared i didn't even know what love was i i had no clue how to navigate relationships my entire adult life because I was drinking from 16 to 47. And, and, you know, so all this stuff is relatively new. And, and when I'm spiritually fit and I can be where, wow, I've never cared more about a woman in my entire life. And I can get up and walk away at any time. And I know that I'll be okay is, is, is where I, I'm in a really good spot where I can I can show up in this relationship instead of try to control it, you know, and and that's a really good sweet spot. And I know because I was there and then I wasn't. And when I wasn't this past week was really, really hard, you know, and it was hard. I think it was a little hard on her too. You know, it certainly doesn't serve me, her or the relationship. You know, know, you you hit on something there, Craig, that we, I mean, uh, Kurt, that we've talked about before, which is uh, that we can't grasp what's coming, the new thing, as long as we're grasping the old thing, Mm -hmm. like flowing down the river, you know, we're on this, 
this thing is leaving us and we're sitting there holding on and the new thing's coming but we can't we can't grasp it because we're busy over here got our cat claws and what mm-hmm. was here before you know which might be the the thing where the best thing is if we if we we came together we learned a lot and then we move on to the to the next best thing new partners or whatever who knows but how am I, who am I to be judging what really should be happening? You know, it's, it's a hard place to, to, to stay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the flower, he, uh, Derek Lynn talks about the flowers of the Tao. We had the, the flower, not the, uh, the fruit, not the flower. He says the flowers is not a positive description, which we know that. The basic idea is that flowers have a pleasing appearance, but none of the satisfying goodness of fruits. Therefore, they're a metaphor for individuals who look good but lack substance. People who possess knowledge without real virtue fall into this category. They may project a knowledgeable image, but in fact, they're ignorant in fundamental ways. Yeah, I think that kind of leads to, you know, when we were going down from um, to politeness. In other yes. words, appearances, and um, appearances with really little substance behind it. In other words, I'm going to do the very bare minimum to look like a good person to you and everybody around me, but I'm really not going to do much other than, you know, a little bit of talking. Say, oh, sure, yeah, no problem. You can stay with me anytime you're in trouble, but there's no meaning behind it or no promise behind it. You just want to look like that great friend and... Well, I've done. Yeah, <laughs> that's empty, isn't it, Lala? For both of you, it's for looks. Yeah, for show. And I once had someone call me on it and say, "You don't really, really want me to stay with you, do you?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> At least oh. I was honest. <laughs> it's some honesty. Yeah. Uh. He was talking about this is an admonition for us to focus on the inner essence, talking about discard this and take, uh, discard that and take this. Focus on the inner essence instead of the veneer of superficiality. Instead of fussing over etiquette and knowledge, we should reach for benevolence, virtue, and finally the Tao. So, not bad. Not bad. Are you guys ready for the... uh, Let's read the Wayne Dyer commentary. Unless any comments before we do? Yeah, I've got one. I find I find this quite a difficult concept in terms of how it relates to the practical world, because we all know. Okay, I'm talking um, in terms of the people here, and and essentially, you know, people in recovery and how how we know we should um, live our lives in terms of you know, we're not concentrating on the external, it's all about virtue. And, 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 you know, I do know normal folk who will like those qualities ahead of, say, for example, how somebody looks or what money they've got or anything like that. Um, however, unfortunately, that's not how society is. Um, it's not how it's put together. Society doesn't work like this. Um, and so as individuals who like to live their way in this 
you know, following this path. It, it can be challenging um, because you are opening yourself up to the judgment. And I know, I know really if we, if we, um, if we were actually truly working the Tao um, or anything of other of this, this nature, then we wouldn't care for that other person's judgment because it's their stuff. Um, but our society is built on a, um, judgment by external measures. Um, and, you know, I, I believe um, I have um, friends who have start or if unless they have already have distanced themselves from me um because i don't have the i'm not working anymore i don't have the right career i don't have the right x y and z because they are filled with um keeping up with the next you know person that they want to aspire to you know it's almost like i haven't got anything to aspire to be you know i haven't got the, the right things um, and unfortunately, that is how a lot of people um, live their lives, um, including a lot of my family. Um, um, so, so yeah, it, although we know it to be true, and if you put it to someone else, they would say, yes, of course, that's exactly what I want to do. The reality is, deep, I can't say deep down, but not on the surface, um, the vast majority of people don't work this way, or maybe I'm just being harsh, but I've, no. I find it true anyway. Most people are sick. Yeah. Or insane. <laughs> Kirsty, most folks are not going to follow this path because mm-hmm. they're blind to this. That's why they're always seeking and grasping and looking out outside of themselves. And you're just going to have to accept that even family, I've accepted that my wife will probably never, she may, who knows, but, you know, what she's done, though, is she has garnered a respect so that if I want to go meditate or if I'm reading something, she doesn't, she used to criticize and kind of roll her eyes and like, it's, that's ridiculous, you know kind of stuff you know i could tell what she was thinking or i thought i did (laughs) but she has grown to appreciate it because of the changes that she sees in me and the way that i uh, treat her and the way that she's benefiting from it without without any of the effort (laughs) exactly so so she accepts it And, and i'm okay with that because i can't change her i can't you know, any of those things, I have to just accept her the way she is. And she's great, but, uh, you know, there's no, what I would think of as spirituality there. So it's just fact. And so yeah. <laughs> I really have not hung up on changing her. I've had to let go of that, her too, the chaos of that relationship. The, the chaos is leaving because I've quit trying to direct her, just accept her like she is which, you know, we all have to do with everyone around us. So, And when you do that, you get an acceptance with it as being okay. I want to talk about the real application of this, like you were talking about. I'm going to share my screen and look at the Wayne Dyer. You know, when he talks about um, the truly good man is not aware of his goodness and therefore good 
In other words, he's not trying to be good. He just is. That's being good instead of having, uh, instead of having and doing and being, he's moved to being. He just is. The master does nothing, yet leaves nothing undone. The ordinary man always doing things, yet many are left undone. This, And this is how the master does it, I think. This is the practical application. The highest virtue is to act without a sense of self. Highest kindness is to give without condition. See without preference. Those three things in this verse, I think, is the description of how to be good. If you are acting without self, what can I do for you instead of what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. You know, that whole idea of if I help you, I will get what I need. <laughs> It works. Yeah. What what what's the one I like about if I go out looking for friends, I'll find none. But if uh, the Zig Ziglar, if but if I go out to be a friend, they're everywhere. Giving without condition, That's without like, hooks. You know. Like uh, I always lend money without expecting it back. Maybe appreciation is a little bit of a you know condition, but um, to give without ever expecting anything back see that's huge that's huge learning to give giving of your time and effort how many times have i been nice to someone expecting them to be nice back to me (laughs) you know yeah when they're not i get pissed off i'm like wait a minute especially with my wife my wife that's one one thing that i really have to work on if i do something extra that i really don't think i should have to do and then she doesn't even acknowledge it you know that's uh that's the childishness in me in a bad way that really comes out sometimes. You want a reward? You want to I'm like the little dog. I want a reward every time I sit like I'm supposed to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like it's the sickness, it's the sickness in other people, you know. It's I can never really stay mad at friends that it's not in them to give back or anything like yeah. that. They don't see themselves as doing anything wrong i now look at it as just kind of their issue and don't take so much offense i do take offense as somebody using and knowing they're using and you know bleeding till the well is dry but now i kind of look at it as oh they don't they don't know they just don't know yeah they just don't know i try to do that lala (laughs) it doesn't always work (laughs) (laughs) you see this 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 make this just makes me it makes me laugh because actually in a really really good way because how I've ended up um, with this person I don't know um, and he would argue to the nth degree um, that he is that he doesn't have spirituality um, but my, that 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 description is of my husband and 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 we we've raised our kids and they they. They do those things. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. These these kids are not perfect. They drive me crazy. Um, but, you know, and it's me, yeah, like you were saying, that kind of does everything and goes, well, you know, you're not appreciating what I've done. You know, you're not appreciating what I've done. Whereas he'll quietly go about his work, you know, just doing it and no expectations at all. Um, and it's just, 
an infinite kindness um and yeah it's the ability to accept people for who they are um and yeah pretty grateful about about this seeing without preference (laughs) When when i see someone i'm learning not to have my mind made up already about them and I've really learned that in recovery because I'd go to an AA meeting and I realized the person I thought knew the least is the one I'll need to listen to the most. And I usually hear something I need <clears throat> from the newcomer, not from the guy with 30 years. Yeah. That's, I think, what for me, what happens when I listen to um, talks on podcasts, you know, of, um, of, of somebody's story. They may be new in recovery, but I always hear something that I can relate to all over again and remind me all over again why I'm in the place I'm in. That's It is. I always thought that listening to newcomers, what a bunch of bullshit. But no, it's really true. They really do have, say things that you need to hear if you're listening. Yes. Newcomers, and boy, do they, they keep me green. Yeah. You know, I, I prefer to be green because I can, I can forget how truly bad and miserable and close to death I was um, after a couple of years of, of clean living. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, if I ever think I have this thing figured out, I have lost it. Hmm. I have got to stay with a beginner's mind. With everything, not just recovery. Yeah. That's part of that dependence that I think if we want to practice this in other areas of our life, like we learn in the 12th step, that's essential. It's essential in everything for me to be open-minded. When I get closed-minded and I think I have something figured out, I'm headed for trouble, no matter what that is. Right, especially in relating to other people. When you think you've got them figured out, you just don't. Well, business too, Marla, anything. Because in business, I realize that, you know, I need to be open to have help that's bigger than me in whatever I'm doing. And if I think I've got this figured out and I'm not seeking help and not open to new ideas, open to, uh, you know, a God consciousness being involved in that, then then I'm not going to get it. I'm just stuck with Buddy. I'm just stuck with me. And I would like to have more than me, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what it is we're talking about. And this act act without sense of self and give without condition, I mean, in the space that I'm in right now, I mean, that's black black belt level stuff. And it, it's, it's, all, it's like I feel like it's, I think Russell Brand says it, uh, maybe in the next life. But you know, Kurt, if you narrow it down to the moment, narrow it down to right now, it's not as big a deal. It's like, okay, how can I give? And for me, I just, I get it down to what can I, what's my motive in what I'm doing at the moment? Am I trying to look good, be good, you know, control you? Or, Or what can I do for you? That really boils down to that. For me, and if I can boil the moment down to what can I do for you instead of what can you do for me, it takes care of it. 
for me. Mm-hmm. That that seems to work. And and if I try to think about doing this all day long, no, I can't do that. But in this moment, yeah, I can do it right now. I just got to keep doing it right now. Mm-hmm. That really helps me to do that better. That's the fruit instead of the flower. Acting without expectations. Yeah, Craig, I'm with you. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes. Any comments at the moment? Or we're going to move on to our... We're not going to have time to read everything, Marla. Do you have anything highlighted in there? I do, yeah. (laughs) If you want to read your highlights, would probably be good. Um, Wayne Dwyer titled this chapter, this verse, Living Within Your Own Nature. Here's the message behind the seemingly paradoxical verse of the Tao Te Ching. Your nature is to be good because you came from the Tao, which is goodness. But when you're trying to be good, your essential nature becomes inoperative. In your effort to be good, moral, or obedient, you lose touch with your Tao nature. Wow. Blah, 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 blah. Nate, it, this became clear to him. Nature is good without knowing it. Live by your essential nature, the Tao, which is oneness. It has no polarity. Yet the moment that you know you're good, you introduce the polarity of good versus bad, which causes you to lose your connection to the Tao. And the rest of it, I, I this other one I loved also. What Lao Tzu seems to be saying to me is trust your own essential nature. Let go of all polarities and live in the indivisible oneness that is the Tao. The dichotomies of good, bad, right, wrong, proper, improper, legal, illegal, and like can be difficult. Just remember that when they surface, the Tao is lost. Um, here's this is what to this is do the Tao now. Spend a day consciously choosing to notice one of God's creatures, such as your dog, a butterfly, a moth, a spider, an ant, a fish, or cat, or deer, whatever attracts you. You can learn a lot from them about trusting your own inner nature. They are, as the poet says, so full of knowing, which is true. Animals live by their instinctive nature. They are inherently good. You know, it's interesting how with animals, too, you know, a wild animal that you're trying to help, how aggressive they get, but you know you're trying to help, but they really don't know how to respond to you. So you accept their aggressiveness not as something they're doing against you. And in the same way, I think of other people when they get aggressive at times, if I'm right-sized, in the, in the same way. You know, they they don't know how to respond. Right. Um, I really like the idea that when we start seeing these polarities and this divisiveness, the good and bad, the right, wrong, we're moving down the scale away from the Tao. We're moving away from love. We're moving away from our higher power. We're moving into our substitutes for what we have available to us that's better, which is living in the Tao, living in our this nature 
that right. we hid for that's been hidden for so long within us. And I, I equate nature as being instinct. Um, you know, trust your first instincts are usually right. And that is usually true, I find. To, that's um, how I, I feel is my true nature is my instinct. It's like. How about this one? In, our, in your effort to be good, moral, or obedient, you lose touch with your dial nature. Well, the operative word there is effort. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's in our effort to be good, in our effort to yeah. push. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm there with you. Life was always a push. Yeah. Everything was push. Yeah. I pushed down hurt. the road. I pushed at the office. I pushed my secretary. I pushed <laughs> everybody that worked with me. I just pushed everyone to what I thought they should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I never surrendered that. You know, I never acted without a sense of self or gave without condition. There was always a hook. <laughs> if I did something, there was a hook because I wanted something back every time. We're, yeah. we're not taught this as we're growing up. We are not taught how to trust ourselves and to act without a sense of self. We're just not taught that. We're also taught that, you know, talking about the polarizing, this person's good, this person's bad, yeah. you know, this is right, this is wrong, whereas, you know, that's just judgment. That's judgment. People are all black and white, and there is no, no direct right and wrong, so seeing it as a whole versus black or white is um, what I'm trying to live in now. Yeah, and the thing is, if we learn to live in that, we're going to do the right thing. We're not going to kill people. We're not going to drink and drive. We're not going to uh, disobey the law. You know, it's just going to come natural if we're doing the right things. Yeah. It's funny how the effort, the effort um, comes into play when, when Lala said that. I mean, it's, I just, it just brings me back to when I was about, I think I was a little less than 18 months sober I um, I went to Sedona and I went hiking with this mystic guy, nice. and and um, so we get out of his car and he immediately stops. And there's these flowers and the bees. There's bees on the flowers, and he's like, "Whoa!" And he just starts talking about it. He's like, "I wonder, I wonder if the bees talk to the bees and like this flower's better than the other." And I wonder how the flowers feel. Are they all connected? He started doing all this stuff, right? And I was like, oh, my God. We're never, we're never going to get to this hike. You know? <laughs> we got to – let's get going. Let's get productive and, and put forth the effort so we can get to where we're going. But, you know, and, and then he just – then he's like, you know, started meandering, walking through this trail. But it was just – I never got it until later where I was like, oh. That guy was completely in the moment, and he was just interested in in what is right in front of him, nature, and and what's going. You know, it was just I, I blew my mind because it drove me crazy. Yeah. You know, the hardest part for me is not judging other people. Is yeah. <laughs> I find that you know, in, in um, practicing not practicing goodness but being good, how not to judge other people who aren't. You know. Yeah. 
I do it. I did it that day with him. I judged him immediately. Like this guy's not productive. He, I don't know why I'm with him. What the hell is the deal? I do it in the rooms with, 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 with people, guys in the rooms, you know, like, Oh my God, this guy, you know, it's natural. Yeah. It's it's really judging myself. I don't know if it's natural so much as it's society. I don't know that it would be innate, you know, or natural nature, but it is society. This guy's this, this guy's this. No, I can't listen to his story again. Yeah. (laughs) About, is that some of the ordinary man is always doing things, yet many more are left to be done? (laughs) Being ordinary or being foolish tries to be good and therefore is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, I had one, I wanted to talk about an affirmation that he had in here live in your essential nature by rejecting artificial principles. This was an affirmation that was really good. It says, I am the Tao. I am of the Tao, a piece of God, and I need no human-made device to confirm it. Goodness and Godness are one, and I trust who I am and will act from this perspective. I am staying with the truth and not the false. Beautiful. That's a really good affirmation, a good way if we have a problem with, if we're trying to learn to walk in this, that's a good daily reminder to use for an affirmation. But really, this is all back to the same things we've heard so many different ways. Mm -hmm. This is the first three steps, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Being powerless, trusting your higher power, and turning your will and your life over to the care of this God I misunderstand, you know? That's exactly what this is. Acting without a sense of self, giving without hooks, without conditions, and being open-minded to people without putting our bias and prejudices on them before we even give them an opportunity, you know? Yes. That's uh, that's good. That was a good conversation today, guys. Any any comments before we close? No. No. So guys, good to have everyone today, and we'll just stop with that. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.